New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com Did you see it at the very end of NXT tonight? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you'll see people that didn't catch it, but will read other people's tweets and comments, but they'll pick up on it later. Now, unfortunately, I can't run the risk of a little bit of a premature ejaculation and wear the shirt tonight. We have to wait till next week to maybe officially wear it, but in case... You didn't see it at the very end of NXT after Candice LeRae kicks champion the balls. Gargano takes out the cup. Gargano hits his finisher on Champa, gets the one, two, three. Gargano is walking gingerly. What's up? Maximum ALX. Is it Maximum ALX or Maximum Al-X? Well, anyway, Gargano walking gingerly to his car, rewind it. And as Candice LeRae and Gargano are walking to their car, they walk past this black car. I don't know if it was a Dodge Charger, but you know, black car with a couple sitting inside. I guarantee you those weren't people working in the production booth. And even as they drove away, you saw the lights on inside the car. You know, guy and a girl, look like blonde hair, bald head. Yeah, I think that might have been Killer Cross and Scarlet Bordeaux. Uh, maybe some people out there think it's Liv Morgan. How'd you like those idiots last week? Accusing Liv Morgan of being a Scarlet Bordeaux ripoff because of her outfit. I mean, we 
Obviously, yours truly educated everybody out there. You're always going to have dumb goofs online. And I'm not even talking about websites or journalists right now. I'm just talking about people in particular. Um, Alex, Maximum Alex. Oh, I like that. ALX, Alex. What's up, Alex? But, um, you know, you can't pay attention to social media that hard because you, you get yourself in trouble. If you use it, you know, it's kind of like um, maybe marijuana, maybe a little bit of alcohol. You use it sparingly, not too much, maybe a little anal, you know, not too much, just once in a while. And trust me, let me clear this up before I start any controversy. Yours truly does not do the reverse Lana. But uh, Douglas McKay, what's going on, my friend? Scotland, tuning in live right now. Um, he hasn't seen his girlfriend since the 20th of March. Um, stay safe, you too, my friend. And you know what? Before I go any further, I want to just address this now. Nip this in the bud, all right? I don't know if you all, and look, I haven't looked at my notes yet. And by the way, what's up, everybody? It's Wednesday night, April 8th, 2020. I got to keep looking at the clock just to make sure I have it right. But uh, yours truly is here. No Matarats tuning in live tonight. I want to thank you all for um, checking out the show. Much love as always. Going to have a fun show tonight. Uh, definitely going to talk about NXT and AEW. Got some news, tidbits, and a few things. You know, no particular order. Um, but I want to talk about Jake the Snake Roberts for a minute. Again, this is why you have to use social media sparingly. Jake Roberts did an interview. And Jake Roberts is talking about how he's, you know, he's quarantined in a hotel and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, wrestling should take a break. Now, that opinion, I'm fine with. But if you see all of these websites, news sites, social media goofs out there talking about this interview... They're talking about it as if Jake the Snake Roberts is locked in a fucking hotel right now and can't go anywhere. The guy doesn't have coronavirus. He is in the hotel because he doesn't want to go home right now. You see all these recorded vignettes with him sitting in the dark room and all this other. You think this is done every week? You think they're paying for two, three weeks worth the hotel? And every week, you know, like they open the door and give him a packaged lunch and turn all the lights off and do a vignette? Should I shut all my lights off right now and do it? What am I, Jake Roberts over here? Maybe I did By the way, I love the Jake Roberts promos. I love them. They're fucking great. But the guy is aggravated because he can't go out. Every single one of you out there right now that can't work right now. Jake the Snake Roberts is in a fucking hotel he's not paying for. He's getting fed. He's getting paid by AEW. He's doing vignettes. He's doing this. It's not fun to be in a two-room hotel. He ain't in a suite. So seriously, everybody, you know, the Jake Roberts interview, I agree with a lot of his frustration. You know, I read another dumb article today that WWE is going to go forward with more tapings, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and they're going to do all these precautions. They're going to take everybody's temperature before they enter the building, and they're going to do this, and they're going to do that. And I'm saying to myself, number one, 
Any business would do that. Number two, it goes to show you, pro wrestling. I, I enjoyed Mania. I enjoyed AEW tonight. I enjoyed NXT. As a wrestling fan, yes, I will be selfish and say that I enjoyed it. But pro wrestling, it would, in particular, World Wrestling Entertainment, Tony Khan and AEW, you are not essential employees. Stop the fucking idea. Oh, we'll go to this state because it's easier. We'll go to the Hardy compound. Told you all it was going to happen. You're not essential employees. Remember what I said a month ago that WWE thinks that they're the emotional band-aid of the world? Stop fucking treating your promotions like your essential employees. Sure, for all of the young fans out there and all the wrestling fans and adults and maybe people who fell out of love with pro wrestling but sees that they're still entertaining everybody, you know, they're so wonderful. Maybe you'll get people back. Stop acting like you're essential employees when you are not. That is not trying to insult pro wrestling. That's not trying to hurt the feelings of any of the pro wrestlers. You're not a fucking essential employee. Nurses, cops, office uh, accounts, insurance, you know, delis, groceries, deliveries. Those are the essential employees right now. That's what it is because it's money, it's insurance, it's food, it's health, it's crime, it's protection. You're fucking entertainers and pretty damn good ones at that. But you're not essential employees. Stop fucking acting like there is a... It just, again, I'm not trying to spoil, you know, the, the fact that we have a little bit of wrestling right now, but I agree with Jake Roberts. But... You know, the idea that this guy is quarantined and locked up and he can't go anywhere, that's his fucking choice. He ain't sick. He ain't sick. If he goes home and there's someone that's very young or very old over there and he doesn't want to take the chance, okay, I get it. But, you know, to do this interview and have all these people talking about, no, 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 no. But... This has nothing to do with Jake Roberts' promos. They're fucking spot on. I love it. I love that AEW shows respect to the older talents that still want a little bit of fun in the business, but get pushed aside more often than not. I like that Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Jake Roberts are all in AEW. DDP makes appearances once in a while. I'm curious if they're going to bring in a legend to present the TNT championship when we finally get a winner. Um, it's nice. It's a nice thing to see, you know, but, um, so I just wanted to just comment on that really, really quickly. But, um, you know, I'll tell you just overall, before we get into a couple of news tidbits, we'll talk about both shows tonight. I will let everybody know right now that this show definitely will be a little bit shorter than others because, um, number one, when I do the TV recaps, I'm not going to go through every two minutes of every single thing in every match. I just talk about what I like, dislike, some highlights, a couple of things. Um, and since almost wrestling is at a standstill right now, um, you know, it's, it's stupid to drag it out to two plus hours. So I right now it's 10, 15 p.m. Uh, Eastern. I would like to be done with this by 1130. So, and, and Friday we got the Don Tony show right here on YouTube. 
right after SmackDown. So we're going to talk about SmackDown and a few other things. I'll talk about Hulk Hogan's dopey comments again. God's will comes back once again. You think the fucking guy would have learned 2008 or whatever it was. But um, let me tell you, I enjoyed AEW and NXT today. Were they blockbuster shows? Absolutely not. But I could tell you something that is really killing NXT shows more than anything else. AEW, I can honestly say, manages it a little bit better. Maybe the matches that they're managing are not as good as NXT, but they are managing something much better than WWE right now. And you know what that is? Commercials. Commercials. How many commercial breaks did we get with Gargano and Ciampa? We got two or three commercial breaks for Cody versus Sean Spears. But, oh, yeah, no, Mr. Krabs, I got Pineapple Pete on my notes. I took maybe three sentences of notes regarding Cody and Sean Spears. But when Pineapple Pete held back Sean's eyes, oh, we got to get Pineapple Pete on this show. And the best part, Jericho thought Jordan was a man. That was even better. Um, you know what? Before I even say the commercials, it would be disrespectful if I didn't say this right at the beginning of the show. Jericho made tonight's episode of AEW 10 times more entertaining. Jericho and Shivani, they have some nice chemistry. Jericho is doing something that I have been saying is needed in AEW since week two or week three. You know what that is? A fucking wise-ass heel on commentary. I like Excalibur. I I love Jim Ross, and I and I really like Tony Schiavone. I'm one of the few that's been praising Schiavone since he came back. But you know, when you have all three of them during a match, oh, this is great. Oh, did you see that? Oh, this is wonderful. Oh, this is great. Oh, this is. We need a cocksucker on micro on commentary. We need an asshole. And Jericho with points tonight was cool. He's showing love for the fans out there. He's showing love for pro wrestling. He just wants everybody to have fun. Big difference tonight. And this is not me shitting, you know, trying to purposely shit on WWE right now. But I'll give you a really good example that I noticed immediately. When you had Lance Archer beat that fucking guy. I got his name written down somewhere. We had Lance Archer win that fucking match. And Lance Archer was delivering chops to that fucking guy. You go back and you watch that. And Jericho's like, oh, Jesus. Now, I'm not going to chop myself because I have to do a show. It'll hurt. But Jericho is showing emotion during those chops. Jesus, what do you hear that, Tony? Now, I want you all to go back to Monday night when Drew McIntyre faced Big Show. And Big Show did those three fucking chops to Drew McIntyre and listened to Saxton and Tom Phillips' commentary. I swear to God, you see this whiteboard cleaner stuff? I'd rather spray this in my mouth and drink it for five minutes than listen to Phillips and Saxton on commentary right now. 
They didn't talk about the chops. They showed no emotion. It was like they were reading from a piece of paper. And this is something that really, really sucks about WWE commentary more often than not is that they don't have a lot of energy where it's needed. You know, they're talking, and that, that was a big problem in WCW back in the day, and anybody that's an old-school fan knows what I'm talking about. That Nitro, you'd have Mysterio and Hoovy or others in the ring, Eddie, Malenko, and the commentators would be talking about the NWO all throughout the match and Hollywood Hogan. Go back and watch that Monday and see if I'm exaggerating at all. Soon as I saw that chop today, my first thought was Monday, and I said, oh, let me see how AEW treats these chops. Go seriously, and I would never tell you to look at stuff if I was wrong or, or blowing smoke up your ass. Um, oh, Mr. Krabs, I will give you a couple of comments on a Brawl for It All documentary. Um, should we talk about Brawl for It All really quick, or should we? I'll leave it up to all of you tuning in live right now. Should I? Should I mention? And thank you, Dave. Yes. Not only did we, I break 9,000 subscribers on Monday, but we're already almost at 9,200. So Donzilla Army, much love. I thank you. If you're enjoying this episode, hit the thumbs up. If you are enjoying this channel, subscribe to it. It costs nothing to do so. Um, all right. I have a bunch of you saying for me to just, I'll talk about the brawl for it all, Dark Side of the Ring. Two, three minutes, I promise. Two, three minutes, maybe five at the most. And then we'll talk about some news and some other stuff. And this, I want to get my notes in front of me because there is something that I definitely want. I wanted to make sure I did not make a mistake on here. Um, where did I put it? Um, yeah, yeah, okay, I got it right here. All right, okay. Here it is. All right, brawl for it all. Oh, I know it, okay, all right. You know what, I don't even need the fucking notes. Why am I going to be exact with this? I'll just tell you from what I remember, okay? Anybody that wants to go back about two years ago when I did episodes of This Week in Wrestling History, I talked about the brawl for it all. I actually played a lot of clips of it. And what I said then, I still say now. I will continue saying it. I liked brawl for it all. Was it Perfect? Absolutely not. But you see, this is the problem I have with Vice. All right? There's a difference between calling something the dark side of the ring, and you're talking about tragedies, and you're talking about fuck-ups, and you're talking about things like this. This is not a tragedy. Brawl for it all was not a tragedy. Brawl for it all might have been a stupid decision, wasn't that stupid because Vince wanted to do it when NXT was was first coming around ten plus years ago? They wanted to, he wanted to do a spot on NXT. Remember the challenges with the kegs and the stuff like that, and drinking the sodas. Wanted to do a bro for it all. Vice, they did this set special, and look, it's well produced. You got some legends, some people that we haven't seen in a while getting a little bit of a paycheck out of it. You know, of course, they're all going to take part in it. But I watched that episode and I said to myself, this is not fucking dark side of the ring. This might have been a stupid decision overall, but it wasn't dark side of the ring. 
If I think dark side of the ring, I'm talking drug overdoses, I'm talking arrests, I'm talking suicides, I'm talking murders, I'm talking, you know, absolute corruption. That's the dark side of the ring. If you're going to fucking take dopey business decisions, yeah, brawl for it all, I think it's kind of stupid because number one, all right, there was a couple of inaccuracies last night as well. I saw a lot of feedback on social media saying, oh, Vince had no idea of Bach Gunn's boxing background and this, this, and that. Go fucking watch back when they showed the tale of the tape of the Godfather versus Bark Gun. And again, I'm not looking at no notes. I'm just telling you from what I remember going back to 1998 and what I covered a couple of years ago. You see right on there, boxer, um, strongman competition. They knew what the fuck they had. Vince Russo reveals that, oh, well, because JBL is a dick backstage, hey, you know, let's see if these guys want to beat the shit out of each other. First of all, it was optional. It was by anybody that wanted to compete, as long as they can actually brawl a little bit, it was optional. Another thing that people fucking leave out is that at that time, and go back to the commentary when Bart Gunn knocked out JBL. Listen to Shawn Michaels on the commentary. And Shawn Michaels is saying that Bart Gunn just re, re had a rebirth of his career. Look at Bart fucking Gunn before Brawl for it all. When you when I see this, whoa, well, wrestlers got injured and that was the worst part. Who fucking got injured? Savio Vega? Were they doing anything with Savio Vega in 1998? I don't think so. The Godfather? Yeah, okay. Well, he came back with the, the whole train even bigger and better, and it was fine. All right? You look at some of the people that had injuries, it wasn't any main stream mega stars that were getting gigantic pushes at the time it was three or four people that had injuries all right yeah they had injuries how many other times did they do stuff in wrestling where people had crazy injuries are you going to do dark side of the ring the ladder match version are we going to see what, what was it uh, joey matthew uh, was it joey right he got hit with in the face are we going to see dark side of the fight did injuries happen and not only that Bart Gunn, when he beat JBL, won $75,000. JBL won $25,000. I agree 1,000%. I've said it since 1998. I said it a couple of years ago when I covered it on the History Show. They were convinced that Dr. Death, Steve Williams, God rest his soul, was going to win this thing. JR's boy. And he got knocked the fuck out. That's what happens when you do not script something. You are not in control as far as who's going to win. Now, if the whole failure was Steve Williams losing, is that dark side of the ring? I guarantee you, people, that if Bart Gunn would have knocked Butterbean the fuck out on that pay-per-view, people would be looking back at this and saying, you know, look, you know, he not only did Bart Gunn win, the, they, it's just people, it's just like when the Ultimate Warrior you know, before he came back and everything, you know, the, the, when they did that that terrible documentary about him, the the what was the name of that documentary that WWE did um, with the Ultimate Warrior, the demise of the Y? I never watched it, I never bought it, I never downloaded it, I'll never ever look at it. All right, at that time, 
because you had all these wrestlers and managers ripping on the Ultimate Warrior. I was doing hotlines at the time. I remember it clearly. Everybody was on the bandwagon. Bash the Warrior. Bash the self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior. Thank you, Brian and Franchise. Um, and everybody else. Carmelo. Um, the self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior. What's up, Raph Man? What's going on, my brother? Um, thank you, by the way. But Ultimate Warrior. Everybody... Jumped on the bandwagon. Bash Warrior, Bash Warrior, Bash Warrior, Bash Warrior. I never, ever left that bandwagon. And yes, he definitely said some really stupid shit early on about gay and everything like that. You know, but I've already talked about, you know, that when he, you know, started getting serious with his wife and got married, he started looking things a little bit differently. It's just that he didn't owe anybody out there a fucking shoot interview and an apology. May, you know, maybe you felt you deserved an apology, but as long as you change in your heart, that's the most important thing that matters. Then Warrior comes back. <laughs> And everybody's fucking loving the warrior, and then he dies tragically, and everybody on the net is in tears. The same fucking people who are on bandwagons ripping this guy for debt for a decade, now we're in tears, all right? People like to join bandwagons. Brawl for it all, especially when Bart Gunn knocked JBL the fuck out. You go listen to the crowd pop at that time. When it first started, it was not good. When they did the first week... Because they were trying to find their footing. They were trying, if this wasn't ever done before, very few things that are outside. You look at WWE, you know, you look at some of these cinematic stuff, things that they're doing. You know, maybe they did something 10, 15, 20 years ago. Maybe it's nowhere near the production value it is now. Maybe something they tried to do failed miserably. You evolve. You learn from your mistakes. And Brawl for It All was not the failure that everybody likes to paint it out to be. Jim Cornette, because of his, you know, appreciation for pure wrestling, obviously despised it. Because people got hurt and it started to get this stigma that, you know, it was a failure, you got to pin the blame on somebody. So somebody decides, oh, let's blame it all on Russo. Blame it all on Russo. And that's that's the thing that is stuck with, with this sense, all right? It started out shaky. It was not bad. Every single person that competed in that match were not forced to do so. They all thought they were tough motherfuckers. They all thought that they could knock each other the fuck out, and some of them got injured. How many of you out there, seriously, 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 how many of you out there ever said, you know, I, I could wrestle, and you're with your friends in your house, and you do a move or two, and you injure yourself? Or, oh, I, I could play football. I haven't worked out. I haven't done an exercise or even a sit-up in 15 years. Oh, I could go play football. Just touch football and you go and you fucking tear a hamstring you know there are things that we have done where we think we could do something and we realize we really can't that's what it is you know yeah mike your best bargains vince mcmahon got no heat on the commentary because number one almost just about everybody that is featured on these vice specials are not wwe staff they're not these are people looking for paydays they want to be brought back they just, it's like, Vice is like the Dixie Carter of documentaries. You know, when Dixie Carter was around, oh, she's my aunt and she's the best. And I always heard that she was a very, very nice woman. But as long, whatever you say you got to do to get the, the money, that's what they do. 
That's what it is. So this vice stuff, you know, it's just, again, my take on it is not a popular one. So if I write this on social media, I get two likes. You get someone else that'll write the complete opposite and get 55 likes because everybody wants to join the bandwagon that has the most feedback. And it's ripping Dark Side of the Ring. And honestly, you know, that documentary had no business zero being on that vice stuff. That's not a dark side of pro wrestling. It might have been a stupid decision. Also, understand this. This is 1998. There's only a few years after Ultimate Fighting really started to catch on. So they wanted to do something with boxing and this, this, and that. They wanted to try to, you know, try something different. They were in a war with WCW. So there was a lot of reasons. why. Did, what about the Lions Den match? The Lions Den match. The shoot fight and this, this, and that. Where's the dot? Why? Because it was only one match? You look back at pro wrestling, pro wrestling is experimented in a lot of different things. And sometimes it doesn't work out. They made a, a documentary out there because they knew 200 plus thousand people were going to watch it just to fucking for something to watch. It was good, but it had no business being on there. And it's something for everybody to watch because of coronavirus but people out there doing these fucking big rants and i did a rant too but i did a rant for the for the opposite reason oh and by the way everybody you got to let me know i bought this i'm probably going to return it because unfortunately i don't know if you could hear that or not but i got myself a nice fan ah that feels nice let me know if you hear the noise right now um, <laughs> Mr. Krebs is Jinder Mahal winning dark side with the heavyweight title should have been on dark side of the ring. You know, look, re- wrestling has experimented stuff in the past and it doesn't always work out. That doesn't mean it's the dark side of the ring. Fucking Bart Gunn was doing nothing at that time. Go back, bombastic Bart. Seriously, if you want to do dark, wait a minute. I just thought of it. Didn't Jim Cornette manage bombastic Bart? Fucking black-haired Bart. Seriously, we had black Bart in history. And we got, I just thought of it. We got black-haired Bart. Wasn't Cornette the manager of that garbage? And they will even admit it was garbage too. Bodacious Bob and Bombastic Bart, the new Midnight Express. The fuck out of here. To me, that was more of a joke than brawl for it all. The new Midnight Express. Seriously, come on, man. Bart was doing nothing. Listen to Shawn Michaels' commentary when Bart Gunn won after against JBL. Just listen to it. That's all I have to say. Yeah, Doug McKay, who would have ever thought, you know, the, the title's coming out of 3MB. You know, Heat Slater, nothing against him. Maybe they'll give him a 24-7 title reign. I don't know if he's had one before. I think he might have had, but, you know, he ain't getting no heavyweight title. They want to do a heavyweight title shot. You know what? Do it in the empty arena right now with coronavirus and do it without the cameras because I have no interest. You know, as far as friends, yeah, it's cool, man. I think that's really cool that, you know, Drew would, you know, want to give a shot to his friend, you know, just have one match in appreciation for 3MB. But as a wrestling fan, I don't want to see that. Seriously. You know? It's it's like when they showed that that segment online where Liv Morgan was crying right before she had elimination chamber match. And you know why that was put online? 
to give you a little bit of guilt because you like, oh, the women in that fucking match that sucked. I mean, Shayna Baszler won that, but the, 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 uh, almost everybody in that match, with the exception of maybe Shayna and Natty, had no business being in that match. Oh, we'll post a video of, oh, my dreams come true. I've always worked my whole life for this, this, that. Just because you all work your whole life for something and you're crying about it doesn't mean that you should have gotten that opportunity. It's not against her. And by the way, you know, we could segue into AEW. Since I talked about Liv Morgan, perfect segue. On Monday, I talked about Liv Morgan versus Asuka. And um, I said, Liv Morgan definitely is improved. She's on her way, without a doubt. But when you have Asuka have this crazy fucking winning streak that she had, and you know her abilities, and you know her title history, and you know what she can do in the ring, and you have her facing that long of a match against Liv Morgan, I started getting a little concerned because we know how they've been handling Asuka with a couple losses lately. And then, yes, it's pro wrestling, it's entertainment, suspension of disbelief. But it's more than just suspension of disbelief. If you have someone that you think is money, you usually don't have them lose every single week. All right. When Steve Austin caught fire and The Rock and Foley and everybody else, you know, they started um, winning because when you see somebody has money, you want to give the suspension of disbelief that they are winning, and they are dominant, they are winners. So if you take someone like Asuka and you have her suddenly losing and losing and losing, that gives you a little bit of perspective that WWE does not see the kind of money value that we all think she should be. And look, if Asuka was 45 years old and trying to just help, you know, bring the young stars up, that's different. But, you know, it's again, it's not just wins and losses, it's perception. And... You know, but tonight we had Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker. All right, yeah. Britt Baker, this Britt Baker, uh, bloodied nose Britt Baker, broke her nose. Yeah, that's a close-up. That's what it was today. And, you know, this, this match is going on and on and on and on. First of all, I have criticized Britt Baker in the past quite a bit promo ability she had that one night that she nailed it really well and then you know felt like you would jump in the shock a little bit but they pulled back AEW did the right thing she's not excellent in the ring but you could see that she's definitely better I, I was calling her early on Britt Bella because she reminded me of Nikki Bella she actually to me wrestles better than Nikki Bella sorry for anybody out there that doesn't like that but she's she's nowhere near on the level of a Hikaru Shida but I'm watching this match today and again this is where I got to give Jericho and Shivani props because they made the match so much more entertaining and not only that Shivani and Jericho made this match appear better than what it was. She gets busted in the mouth, busted in the nose, and Jericho, when Britt Baker got the upper hand, give her a receipt. We give her a receipt. You know, and not only that, we even had like references to kiss. And maybe some of you out there didn't understand why all the kiss references. Shivani is a fan of kiss. I think wasn't it his, not his dream, but wasn't he like so honored and privileged 
Remember August 23rd, 1999? All right, Las Vegas. You wanted the best. You got the best. The hottest man in the world. Kiss! <laughs> How did Shivani not cough after doing that? When they debuted the fucking demon. So we had some... Kiss references tonight, Jericho saying how Britt Baker went from Ace Free Freely to Gene Simmons in the same match because she's bleeding, because Gene Simmons used to have the blood in the mouth all the time, and he would do that thing with the tongue. I won't even dare try to do that. Um, but, you know, I'm watching this match today, and Jericho and Shivani, their whole commentary was to put these two people over. Again, what I talked about earlier with Saxton and Phillips, go back and watch Big Show and McIntyre. Seriously. Especially the, the part with the chops, and you'll see what I'm talking about. But they put on a great match today. Um, I honestly never th thought that Britt Baker was going to win today. They have really pushed the idea of Hikaru Shida being a number one contender. She was 7-1 and one in her last eight matches going into tonight. Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose, or maybe three-way or a four-way is going to be the match down the line. But the match was great. It Was it match of the year? No. It, it was a top five with the women this year? I'm not sure. But for the amount of time that they had in that match, it was good. It was fine. I had no problem with it. And again, Jericho and Shivani enhanced that match even when things might have been a little bit shungata. The only part that I did not like, but I immediately let it go because of Jericho. There was a part outside the ring where Britt Baker went over the barricade. And we had a decent number of people around ringside. Um, they're in the same, um, you know, some people got triggered because they said the Nightmare Academy last week. You know, be fucking thankful that I did all the research and I was right and nobody else wanted to cover that. All right, you know, or QT Marshall, whatever you want to call it. They were in the same goddamn building. These matches were taped <laughs> last week or the week before. All right. Just like when they announced today that Jim Ross is coming back to call uh, Moxley versus Hager next week. We're going to have the same thing where J Jim Ross is probably not going to be on commentary for the entire night. He may come back just for one match. Why? Because that night on Dynamite, like two weeks ago, I think it was, when Moxley and Hager had that little confrontation, they taped the match that night. Jim Ross was in the building that night. That's why you're going to see JR or hear JR next week on commentary. But... Oh, that Matthew. Yeah, no, I, I know AEW's live streaming. I know all the podcasters are as well. Look, you tune in live. I appreciate it. You tune in after this is recorded. I appreciate it. As long as you tune in, you're enjoying what I'm doing. That's all that matters. It's not a competition. I actually wrote on social media earlier, and I'll post screenshots if people don't believe me. In the last 28 days, I think it was like 4.1 million minutes have actually been watched here of my ugly face in the last 28 days. That's an insane number, but trust me, there are other fellow podcasters right now with wrestling stuff on YouTube that do even much bigger than that. But, you know, and and I still have audio-only versions. Patreon has the ad-free versions. So those haven't gone away. 
it's the YouTube in addition to everything else. You can hear the fan in the background. All right, let's shut this son of a bitch off then. I'm actually retired. I already set up an Amazon return for it. I'm going to get one of those little handheld ones that look like a dildo with just a fan on the end. It's just, you know, you just hold it. And I'll just keep it down here. And hopefully, like, you know, if I'm not wearing a hat one night, you don't see, like, my hair blowing back. Who is that goof model, Fabio? Remember when he would have, like, those commercials and his hair would be blowing in the wind? I can't have that right now. But thank you, Zacharu, for the kind words. But um, but again, Jericho and Shivani really enhanced that match. The only part that I didn't like during the match, you had Britt Baker who was thrown over the protective barrier, and we had many more people around ringside than we did the week before. Again, remember where they were. Remember the restrictions at that time. And not only that, they had a certain number of people on one side of the ring, a certain number of people on the other side of the ring. You know, yes, they really pushed the envelope with as many people as were there. But look at it like a drugstore right now or a grocery store. You know, if there's five people online and they're all six feet apart, and then you look two aisles over, two cash registers over, and there's six more people there, yeah, it was spread apart pretty good today. But Britt Baker gets thrown over the barricade, and you have some people standing outside, and you had this guy Musa, uh, Sean Dean, and this uh, the girl wrestler, the female wrestler, Danny Jordan. They basically held Britt Baker down so Hikaroshita could do, I think, one of those running knees. But um, first of all, again, this is something that I've always complained about with AEW, and you know what? We've seen enough of a bloody face, so get out of here. But um, the the one thing with that move is with the less experienced stars, timing is everything, and you can't take your sweet-ass time to do certain spots. The one that everybody always focuses on the most, and it's not just AEW that does it, WWE does it as well, is when you get like two, three, four, six people knocked outside the ring, and they're all positioning themselves and they're all holding each other and they're just like waiting for the person to climb the rope and dive on top of them. But what they did was all three of them were holding Britt Baker down so Sheeta could do a move and it's taken forever. And Britt Baker, it's like they're not even holding her down. And they're not even like, they're not, you could see it, they're not even forcing it down and she's just looking like, she looks like a goldfish. She just sit and she could have just went like that. It's suspension of disbelief. But, you know, again, it quickly left my memory because Jericho thought that Danny Jordan was um, a man, you know, because of the name Danny. But uh, that was funny, man. That was funny. But look, give props to Britt Baker. It looks like she broke her nose and uh, she, she continued the match and, you know, she lost. There was another point where she asked the referee for a glove because she was going to put the mandible claw in Sheeta's mouth. I don't care about the coronavirus stuff as far as the mandible claw goes, but, you know, asking a ref for a glove to do, you know, a move that you're not supposed to is kind of goofy in my opinion. But the match, the match was fine. The match was fine. Um, Jonathan Flores, did you PM me on Twitter? For about the shirt? I don't think you did. So I said, P 
people PM me on Twitter. Some of you didn't. Sorry. PM me on Twitter. I'll take care of it. But um, so the match was fine. I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I got a kick out. I don't want to mention names. Not trying to start controversy. But I saw at least three news websites and five podcasters talking about how, you know, people must have been like really triggered and, and concerned about Britt Baker bleeding like this with COVID-19 going on. I swear to God, do a social media search if you think I'm making it up. There were that many morons actually writing and saying this. Do they fucking, did they learn anything in the last month about what coronavirus is? Coronavirus and COVID-19 does not, it's not the AIDS fucking virus. It doesn't get transmitted because you, you bang someone or blood. It's a respiratory. It's in droplets. Oh, I'm not mentioning no names and everything. I'm not mentioning names. I'm not going to start controversy. You want to look it up. If the shoe fits, wear it. You know, I tell it like it is. I'm not, see, this is the thing too. Sometimes I make comments like that and maybe people that I'm friendly with in the podcasting world might have said the same thing. Sorry, number one, I don't check everybody's social media page to make sure that this person didn't say anything or this person didn't say anything or this person didn't. No, I'm going to speak my opinion. And if other people unfortunately get caught in a crossfire, well, in my opinion, don't fucking say something stupid like that. But again, people like to write stuff simply to get, you know, attention. But this idea because Britt Baker was bleeding in COVID-19, oh my God, blood, idiots. Yeah, 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 okay. And you could, you could get AIDS by French kissing someone in the mouth that has the virus, right? Scholars, geniuses, morons. I'd love to say the P word, but it's YouTube and I don't want to get myself in any trouble. But um, next we had something that I enjoyed, but... I don't understand. It wasn't so nice. We had to see it twice. Can somebody explain to me why we had two Moxley Hager promo packages tonight when the fucking match is not happening tonight? I could see doing one and you're hyping up for next week. Why do you, I understand why, because they have to fill time. But in my opinion, there was no need. First of all, I'm happy Hager is in AEW. And I'm happy that he's doing a pretty damn good job in the ring right now. But, you know, sorry. I think back at WWE, Hager is in suddenly must-see fucking television. And they did the promo package early on. Hager, Moxley, Hager's wife. If you don't win, you don't come home. You know, I, I love the package. It, it. Felt, you know, well, very well done, and it made you believe everything. But then, like, 20 minutes later, we get another fucking package between the two. You usually air multiple packages when it's the same night. Didn't we have that one episode of Dynamite where we had Britt Baker Appreciation Night? Didn't they have, like, two or three sets? Maybe I'm just remembering it wrong, but I just felt no need for two deeply produced packages when the match is not even taking place the same night 
It's just my opinion. But they were well done. I'm not complaining. Uh, package regarding Cody hyping up his match with Sean Spears later on. Spears as well. And, you know, one thing I think people need to realize that other than Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker, you had the 90-second match of um, of Lance Archer. I didn't even talk about that match. Any, oh, it was Lance Archer versus Alan Angels. Alan Angels. And um, again, I brought up before, as far as the chops, I was hoping we were going to get Marco Stunt taking on Brody Lee today. If anybody saw my Twitter earlier... I wrote, I said, because they just said Brody Lee was going to be in action tonight. And I said, oh, my God, if they give Brody Lee versus Marco Stunt after last week when we had Lance Archer versus Marco Stunt, we get Lee versus Stunt today, I'm going to have to smoke a cigarette because I'll have that mental orgasm again. Seeing Marco Stunt just get thrown around like a fucking sack of potatoes is fun as a wrestling fan. But um, <laughs> somebody call OSHA. You know, you know, it's funny. I actually, um, I have the OSHA safety certificate. I did the 40 hour class, believe it or not, if you were talking about OSHA. Um, but you know, I, I enjoyed the match, you know, Archer's match today was only 90 seconds. So if you take away Archer's match, we had one match, which was Sheeta versus Baker in the first 50 minutes of dynamite. Almost one half of Dynamite was pretty much just one match. One match and a squash. They managed the time well. But again, I could have done without two Hager-Moxley promos, no matter how good they were. But So now we're already in, uh, approaching hour two, which, you know, not necessarily a bad thing because things are flowing. But I tell you, man, a lot of people on the net got offended by it. I don't even have to really look at my notes on this one. Go search my YouTube history. Type in the word Michael Nakazawa. And I streamed that match from New Japan Pro Wrestling. When Michael Nakazawa did his whole gimmick, you know, cut the promo, fought somebody, took the underwears out of his pants, did the fucking face thing. And I said at that time, if this guy was allowed to do in AEW what he did in New Japan, that guy will get instant, instant attention. And I think he would get over. Yeah, he'll trigger some people big time. And it happened tonight. There were a lot of people that were not thrilled with uh, the stuff he was doing with, with, you know, the groin and with Trent and the oil and the... I and the funny thing about it is technically he's a heel doing that. That shouldn't be a baby face doing that. Yet he's teaming up with Kenny Omega, which I found fascinating. Um no Brian Long, I was it DDT Pro? No, I think it was New Japan versus another promotion. But yeah, he um Michael Nakazawa I wish, I wish they would have let him. Now, you know what? I take that back. He, If he would have cut a promo tonight, he doesn't have the crowd to feed off of. So it probably wouldn't have come off as well. But that son of a bitch, again, just go back in my YouTube search. Just type in Nakazawa and just see the clip. The guy is money on the mic. 
the guy, I'm telling you, I don't understand why they waited this long to do this. But when he took the underwears out of the pants and he went to, you know, put it on, I think it was Trent Barretta, you had Jericho doing Vince from beyond the mat. He's going to puke. He's going to puke. He's going to puke. I loved it. A lot of little Easter eggs tonight as well. And um, I enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed the match tremendously. Uh, it was a little interesting, again, to see Omega with Nakazawa. Yes, Omega, they used to team up. But the point is, you see Omega's clear-cut babyface. Nakazawa, not necessarily babyface doing what he was doing. But, you know, I'll tell you. My favorite match in AEW tonight, the Gargano, what's up, John Dillinger? The Gargano match, Champa. I'll talk about it later. I'm not sure how I feel about that match. We'll, we'll get to it in a few moments. I No, it was good, but I'll explain later on. But I, I honestly think, no, no, DX girl is saying that, wait, wait, what was the match that... It, Am I drawing a blank here? Nakazawa, what snapped? No, what, what was the promotion Michael Nakazawa was in? Okay, he was indeed. No, 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 no. People are getting confused here. I'm not saying that he teamed up with Omega in New Japan. All I said was, I know the Golden Lovers stuff. I'm not saying I said, look at the YouTube clip. Michael Nakazawa, somebody please do me a favor, tune in live for just a second. Because you could still hear me. Go do a search on my YouTube page or type in Nakazawa and tell me what match that was from. I could swear if I remember it was New Japan versus another promotion. It, it was in the United States. So let's not mix the two. It, DDT wrestling, right. But wasn't it New Japan versus DDT? Was that it? I remember it was one promotion versus another. So maybe somebody could. Okay. Yes. You know what, franchise? Send me a PM on Twitter if you're on Twitter. Any shirt or video you want. And there's some really good ones that just came out. CEO New Japan Show. I know I wasn't making it up. And it's funny because... No, no, no. We'll, we'll save that for another night. Some people try to play gotcha with me. And uh, I own them every time. We're not going to throw any names out right now. But uh, that's what it was. It was CEO in New Japan. That I remember it clearly. So, but anyway, so Nakazawa, you know, again, offended a lot of people tonight. I don't give a shit because what he did tonight, he's done before. He's done it numerous times before. The people that got offended tonight, all right, not everybody watched New Japan. Not everybody watched DDT. Not everybody watched these other promotions. I totally understand that. But for the goofs out there that always claimed that they watched this stuff, that always claimed that they followed some of these promotions, and they get heavily triggered tonight because of Nakazawa and his, his whole thing he was doing with the oil and everything else, that's how you expose the frauds. And you see, like I said, when Lars came up on the main roster and Lars is doing all these moves off the rope, and you see these people out there like, you know, like just fascinated about his moves or complaining about this or this this thing and they act 
And then you realize they never seen him wrestle before, but yet they claim they watched NXT every single week. That's how you expose the goops. But, um, okay, DX girl, I'll bail you out, okay? He was on the show, but he wasn't under contract with New Japan. Right. But he was on the show, and it was CEO versus New Japan. Was he a part of CEO? I don't think so. So, again, he was on a New Japan show. He was on a New Japan show. That's what I was saying. He was on a New Japan show. I should have been a little bit clearer, to, to, to be honest, as well. But that, seriously, if you've never seen it, even if you don't give a shit about me, just do the search and watch the Nakazawa match from CEO versus New Japan. The, you hear him on the mic. You just picture when a live crowd comes back, he is going to trigger a lot of motherfuckers. So I'm definitely, yeah, I know, Brian, it sounds like who's on first. We're getting a little semantics here. Just watch the clip. Even if it was CEO versus NWO, watch the clip. It's worth it. It's that good. The fact they did a whole segment about Michael Nakazawa a couple of months ago should tell you it's it's worth checking out. But in case you've never really seen his work before, you'll get a, um, a hard introduction to him. But anyway, next we had Britt Baker. Um, well, actually, before Britt Baker, I'm going one step ahead. We had Brody Lee showing up in that Mercedes truck or whatever it is. Yeah, I can admit I'm wrong, John. You know, sometimes I'm not perfectly clear in things that I say. Sometimes I ramble way too long. I, I totally admit that. Absolutely. Brody Lee. Okay. Brody Lee. Comes out, pulls up Mercedes truck, well-dressed like he's been. The creepers are outside. He's pissed off. They're not dressed. All right. And now I'm seeing more and more people getting triggered online. You know, this Vince McMahon ripoff, it's getting old. Brody Lee's getting turning into damaged goods. Go fucking watch your NXT and shut shut up. Seriously. Shut up. Because I said this since week two. It started with Vince, but it's morphing into a guy who is drunk with power. It's drunk with power. That's all it is. Stop overanalyzing it. You could compare it to the mafia. You could compare it to a billionaire. You could compare it to any dickhead boss out there. You know, he wants the creepers to dress better. He is drunk with power. I said that two weeks ago. Just remember those three words and you'll enjoy the Brody Lee, Lee character much better. He is drunk with power. And I expect sooner or later, some members, I, I even talked about this before he debuted. You're going to see some members of the Dark Order get kicked out of there. Maybe they'll quit on their own. And then Brody Lee, there's going to be a segment where Brody Lee, I, I would wear the suit right now, the jacket, but it's hot in here. I don't know why. You know, I have an air conditioner, but I'm not going to put it on now. But, um, but Brody Lee, there's going to be a segment down the line where Brody Lee is going to be all by himself. He's going to realize that he's drunk with power, and he may not care. You want to compare it to something? I just had a really good one. Scarface. 
Now, yeah, he's not fucking Puerto Rican and, hey, you know, stay tuned, say hello to my friend, motherfucker. No, but Scarface, remember at the end where he's sitting in his, in his fucking estate and he's by himself and he's got the cigar in his mouth and he's got nobody because he fucked everybody over? It's, it's a comment. He's drunk with power. It shots at Vince, but the character is drunk with power. These people writing this stuff online, they just want you to have a conversation with them. Just stay away from that. You'll enjoy it that much better. He's fine. He's fine. He's going to have a feud soon. Carmelo, why would I have a brawl for it all with Jason Solomon? Seriously. I mean, realistically, knock the fuck, knock him the fuck out. No, seriously. Honestly, Jason is, uh, is deceivingly strong. I hung out, and you know what? Ah, see, see, you asked for it, dude. You asked for it, and you got it. Do you know, everybody, it was two days ago, the one-year anniversary of this? I'll, I'll trigger people even more. I'm going a bigger version on it. That was last year at Lucky 13 WrestleMania weekend. That is yours truly on the left, about 60 pounds heavier. John Draper. Anthony Missionary Thomas and Joey Numbers, a wrestling soup. We were actually on stage. I brought cannolis. We hung out with tons of members of the Donzilla Army. We had a blast. I said it that weekend. That was a life-changing night for yours truly as far as this stuff goes because it was such a powerful night. So many of you showed up. And not only showed up, we're telling a story after story after story on how we all, you know, just like really put smiles on people's face and how, and had people laugh over the years through your darkest times. I started doing a wrestling hotline in 1997 because I was really in my darkest times. After my car accident, thinking I'm not going to walk again and stuff like that, I, I just, it, I was in a dark period. And when I really blew up in 99 and became the number one wrestling hotline in the United States, that didn't happen because I was so fucking good. I was just dedicated. Why? Because I still wasn't working and I broke up with my ex and I was in a massive depression. So when I had people that night and leading up to it, I had surgery. I, you know, a lot of people may not know this and I'm not saying this for anybody to be like, oh, you're such a great guy. You know what diverticulitis is? Brock Lesnar had that, where they actually go into your stomach and they actually cut a piece of your intestine out and then they stitch it back together. I had that surgery a month, less than a month before this Lucky 13 gathering. And leading up to it, Mish, a lot of you out there are like, he's not going to go. He's not going to go. I actually videotaped myself meeting up with the fucking bakery guy who gave me all the cannolis so people would realize. I said, unless I'm dead, we planned that two years in advance. And I said, unless I'm fucking dead or in jail or a family member dies, I'm going to be there. And um, Jason was there that night as well. In fact, there's like over an hour's worth of footage from that night, which I got to put on the YouTube channel for everybody. But um, Jason showed up and, um, you know, it was just, it was a wonderful night. Jason got on the mic as well. So, and we were talking outside for about a half an hour and we were just trying to figure out why everybody thinks we hate each other for some reason. I know where it started. A lot of people don't know where it started. Maybe I'll share it Friday. If you're around Friday night, I'll share where the heat started. Jason knows too. 
but it, it's not any controversy. It was just a difference of opinion on a certain topic. And right away, people expected us to have a brawl for it all. I guess you could call it, but th that wasn't going to happen. Jason is fucking great people, man. Seriously. Jason is, is one of the good guys. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a good guy. But anyway, let's get back to the recaps. Because, like I said, I wanted to be done tonight by 1130. And time's starting to fly. But, you know, the other stuff we can always save for Friday. But anyway, so we had the Brody Lee segment. Then we had Britt Baker, you know, with the bloody nose and she's cutting the promo on a Karashita. Britt Baker earned her stripes, you know, a couple of weeks ago. It was taped a couple of weeks ago, but we had air tonight. She did she did fine. No complaints at all. Um next we had uh Matt Hardy cutting his promo. And he announced it was funny because he calls over Vanguard one. And Vanguard One, we think, is going to bring to him the Inner Circles shirt, the little baby shirt from last week. Instead, he brings, yeah, Carmelo in the chat. Yeah, that's what started the controversy, but I'll talk about it on Friday. But anyway, um, and it wasn't even meant to be bad like that. But anyway, Matt Hardy calls over Vanguard One. He said, bring me my shirt, the hole in the ass. He's making fun of the proud and the powerful, calling the proud and the devourful because he loves Puerto Rican food. He's making fun of uh, Guevara. He's making fun of the whole inner circle. And um, Vanguard One doesn't bring the inner circle shirt over. He actually brings over Matt Hardy's shirt. And Matt Hardy is cutting the promo and he basically challenges, makes the challenge to show up at the Hardy compound so he can do the elite deletion. The elite deletion. I told you last week or the week before, they're going to the Hardy compound. They're, they are camping out, hanging out, 10 guys, having a fucking ball. You know, you could see... Again, the difference. Maranalo being on commentary tonight was great. Doing the solo work gave me a lot of flashbacks of Joey Styles. It's not the first time Maranalo's gone gone solo, but you know, obviously Mara was not there doing it. And the Jericho Shivani commentary was recorded later on because they were they put the matches together. Some editing as well. But the Matt Hardy promo tonight. You know, I don't know how much of it is different from Broken Matt other than the red streaks, but if it's not broken, well, actually, no, I have to take that back. If it is broken, don't fix it. Did I just come up? Now, now please, everybody, I know some of you out there are Matt Hardy fans. Did they ever come up with a shirt with this catchphrase? I think I just came up with a fucking catchphrase. You know how the, say, the phrase goes, if it's not broken, don't fix it? That's a phrase like if something isn't fucked up, you don't fuck with it. You know, it, it, you, you know, Anthony, the light fixture, it's fine. The light's working. No, 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 no. Let me play with the wires and then it burns out. If it ain't broke, you don't fix it. So I just came up with one. Instead of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it's broken, don't fix it. I don't know. Is that is that good? I don't know. The more, the more I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, yeah, oh, it's kind of stupid, but it's kind, it's it's a knockoff because of Matt. He's broken. If it's broken, don't fix it. I don't know. If you guys think it's good, throw it across his way. You know, 
Just give me a little credit for it. I, I just thought of that now, so it probably sucks, but maybe because I just thought of it, you know. Anyway, Matt Hardy's promo, I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, if it's broken, yeah, if it's broken, don't fix it. I don't know. Anyway, Brody Lee versus Lee Johnson. Lee versus Lee. Lee versus Lee beats him in a minute and a half. And then, remember my tweet earlier today? If Brody Lee is the beats the fuck out of Marco Stunt, I'll smoke a cigarette tonight. Um, didn't beat him up, but they had that little stare down. Now, do I want to see Marco stunt in the dark order? Just think about that for a minute. If they're all wearing masks and he's wearing masks, it's going to look like the Adams family when they had the cat sitting next to them or the dog, whatever it is. You know, Marco stunt is so short that he puts a mask on. It's going to look like there's a pet standing next to them. But, um... Yeah, I'm, I was just Harper. I'm fantasizing, man. I want to see Brody Lee beat the shit out of Marco Stunt next week on AEW. But yeah, he challenged, you know, as I said before, Matt Hardy challenged Jericho to, he wants to delete the elite, the elite deletion. So I am definitely looking forward to that. Definitely looking forward to that. Um, <laughs> you, some of you are crazy, man. Seriously. Mr. Krabs, better heel, Tony Soprano's mother or the inner circle? I was never a fan of the Sopranos. Never liked the Sopranos. And the reason why I never liked the Sopranos is because I live uh, in Howard Beach, Queens. Two blocks from where John Gotti lived. Knew a lot of gangsters, cardboard gangsters, former gangsters, whatever. And... Some of, you know, some of the characters were fine. You know, my my family, my mom and my dad are very good friends with Paulie Walnuts. I've, on my personal page, and maybe I'll, I'll post it next week, my personal page, you know, they were hanging out with him for, for New Year's Eve a couple of years ago. Uh, but some of the characters in The Sopranos were so overly stereotyped as far as Italians go that when you grow up in this area, and I'm not going to paint anybody with the growing up Don Tony stuff today when I was a member of John Gotti's Fish Club for one night as a guest. You know, when you're around that, and I was never connected. I don't want anybody to think I'm trying to be a gangster or anything. I was never connected. But the thing is, is that when you see it on TV, that's why there was an old movie um, back in the 90s, something Bensonhurst. I, it wasn't, um, remember Cabby from Escape from New York? What was his name? The guy that died. He was older guy. Um, I, I'm drawing a blank right now, but he was in this movie, something Bensonhurst. And he, I don't even think he's, a, Ernest Borgnine, I think his name was. But he was in like something Bensonhurst. And I remember going on a date to the movies that time. And I dated this Italian girl at the time. And she wanted to see this Bensonhurst movie, whatever it's, something Bensonhurst. And Ernest Borgnine's in it. And I'm sorry, I'm thinking to myself, Borgnine, is that even Italian? I don't even know if it is. And um, I went to the movies, and I'm sitting here, and I'm looking at all of these non-Italians trying to act like they're Italian mafias. And when you're an Italian person, you see that, it's like, get the fuck out of here. So I just, I couldn't get into it. The, the Travolta Gotti movie, seriously, I'd rather watch a six-hour marathon of Baron Corbin. Spike of Bensonhurst, yeah. I, I, that is, and a lot of people like that movie. I, 
I I stood in the movie theater because I wanted to get laid that night. I'm not even kidding. I said I enjoyed it to her. I had a great time. Let's go back and see it again. I don't think I got laid that night. That's what was even worse about it. But I never liked The Sopranos. Never liked it. Could ne I, like, I would watch an episode here and there. I, I watched the final episode, and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm so glad I never watched all these seasons. And you know what? Um, I know I said I was going to finish 11.30. Let's make it 11.45. That'll be exactly 90 minutes, uh, 95 or 100 minutes, as long as it's under two hours. Because I, I'm learning now that with YouTube, you go over two hours, that it needs like an extra two hours to process like any extra footage after two hours, which kind of sucks because when I put up that the show is done, I get all these private messages like, the fuck, man? It, it's like starts off, it's all cut off and shit like that. So that's a little thing I just realized. Nobody ever even told me about that, that if you stay under two hours on YouTube, when you're finished, the whole thing is online. Goodfellas is my favorite movie of all time. Not even close. Goodfellas, I have watched, put it this way, I've watched Goodfellas more than pe some people get late in their lifetime. I've watched Goodfellas so so many times, and it doesn't get old. So I, I could watch, you know, there's some movies that even if it's on regular TV, you're just changing channels. And even if it's on regular TV and like the nudity's cut out or the curses are cut out or the violence is cut out, violence is cut out you still stop and you watch it anyway. That happens to me with like Goodfellas, Spaceballs, you know, Thing Godfather, you know, things like that. There's some movies, like my girl, like Dirty Dancing or Pretty Woman. I'm sure you've all, any guy that's out there that's heterosexual, that I don't care if you're in your 20s right now or you're in your 60s right now. I guarantee you, if you dated someone, that if Pretty Woman or Dirty Dancing showed up on the television, it wouldn't matter what the fuck was going on that day. They would tell you, stop, stop, don't change the channel, blah, 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 blah. That's, oh, that's why I don't like either one of those movies. Casino I liked a little bit. Casino I didn't like as much as Goodfellas. That movie that just came out recently with Pacino and De Niro and Pesci, what was the one on Netflix? I can't remember the name right now. I couldn't stand that. I went halfway through that. That was such a forced wannabe Goodfellas. Martin Scorsese directed that too. I could I could not stand that. It was I the Irishman. Oh man. I didn't like it. Halfway through I had to turn it off. So anyway, getting back to AEW. We have um <laughs> Pineapple Pete. We had Cody taking on uh Sean Spears in the opener of the TNT tournament. Now, let's flash back to last week. Oh, let's let's maximize it. Last week, my predictions were Cody to advance, Darby Allen to advance, Cody in the finals, Dustin advances, Lance Archer advances. So it would be Lance Archer versus Cody in the finals with Lance Archer winning. There has to be some fucking payoff for Jake the Snake Roberts being there especially. I think that is basically what we are going to get. And tonight, so far, I'm one for one with my predictions. And, uh, you know, because this is the thing. I know AEW has this deal right now where you could win like, 
I don't know, $1,000, a 15-minute call with your favorite AEW star. All you got to do is go on our website. I went on the website. I was going to participate, and I swear to God, if I was going to win, I was going to give it away on here. But then it's like, you got to take a picture of yourself holding your predictions. I'm like, come on, man. I'm not doing that. What am I? I can't do that. So I just give my predictions here. If, if, if anybody out there, you know, if you entered, good luck. But, you know, those are my predictions. Um, I don't look at the spoilers as far as the tournament goes, but the match was fine. Did multiple commercials hurt it? And that is something that is a big problem when you have uh, not the strongest talent in a match, but multiple commercials. Cody versus Sean Spears was a very good match. Cody went through a table. We had Pineapple Pete holding Sean Spears so Cody could nail him. Pineapple Pete, Jericho, priceless on commentary again. I mean, it was just... It was a it was a fun match. Jericho and Shivani nailed it, and um, Tony Khan said today on Twitter to expect more commentary with Jericho and Shivani beyond tonight. And the reason being is because they taped a boatload of matches the same two days that they were in that school. So Jericho and Shivani are doing more voiceover. For matches so that's why you'll see that and Jericho man I tell you if he wanted to be a commentator later on maybe five ten years from now when his career settles down he's got it man he's got it you know maybe not on, well you, you can't even compare him to like a Jesse Ventura or someone like that because Jesse over time became you know e that bet even better the fact that Jericho's not a regular play-by-play -play guy, and you, we also got to remember too. And I'm not trying to poo-poo on anything, but you know, we always got to remember everything that, that we bring up. This was pre-recorded. Some of this was edited. So when you're pre-recording, and something doesn't come out perfectly, they, you can always tweak and edit this and that. When they're live, in person done a live episode, that's where you may see a little bit of the holes. But as far as what I watched tonight, he made it that much more fun. But again, nothing against Sean Spears. Early in the night, Sean Spears is telling Nakazawa, I'm looking at you because he's still looking for a tag team partner. You know, it's like, nothing against Sean Spears, but do I really want to see Sean Spears in a main event going that fucking long with that many commercial breaks and it's going up against Champa and Gargano. That was a hard sell for me if I was only watching one show. Me, you know, since week one, I watch both shows together. I have one on the computer, one on the TV, and I have my laptop taking notes. I have three things going at the same time. So far, I've been able to do it and stay focused and pay attention to everything. But if I was forced to only watch one thing at the time, go back to the Monday Night Wars. Monday Night Wars, I know I had a computer at the time, but the computer was in my living room. And I only watched Raw and Nitro in my bedroom. So it's not like I could be on social media. And plus, I don't even think we could watch Raw and Nitro on the computer at that time. No, we had 56K modem. In some cases, it was a 33.6. 
you imagine if we tried to watch like television with 33.6 connection? Oh my God. Some of you younger fans out there, you have no idea the brutality we went through in the nineties with real player and stuff. Holy shit. It would have been God awful. But um, at that time I only had one TV. I didn't even have fucking picture in picture until 2001. Me like a moron, I realized after all these years, I could add picture in picture in 1996, you know, 1995. I waited till 2000, yeah, 28.8. Remember that shit? And and you know what's funny? I guarantee a lot of people tuning in right now don't even know what I'm, we're talking about. That's how crazy it is. But real player, holy shit. I still have real RM files. I have real media files. When I was doing some of the editing for XPW, because a lot of people don't even know this story, I was going to put XP... Remember when XPW came to Philly and uh, they were on the Philly cable? I actually was trying to figure out a way to put XPW online um, in real media form so people could watch it online. I have one episode that I edited for XPW and we were going to put it online. The problem is, is that they gave me so much pressure and they're like, Hey, you know, you put this online, man, you got to do this every week. We start announcing to the world that you could watch XPW online on a real player and you don't do it after this week. Mr. Black is not going to be happy. So I was like, nah, I can't fucking do it anymore. And by the way, since we're speaking of XPW and that's not WWE, since everybody is talking about face masks, somebody gave me a little uh, shout out the other day. And I had to share this with everybody out there, especially, especially since this guy was seen recently in NWA. See this picture? This is XPW back in 2002. I think it was November or December 2000, December 2002. I was working for XPW at that time. That is Josh Prohibition and M-Dog 20, who you now know or saw recently in NWA as Matt Cross. His son now wrestles. His son did that dive in the mall recently. So anyway, when I was working for XPW, they were going to bring in M-Dog 20, Matt Cross, and Josh Prohibition, they were called euthanasia. It was spelled differently. You know, it was supposed to be a play on euthanasia, but youth as in young, Y-O-U-T-H. So the afternoon of their debut, I went to Models and Home Depot with that guy Slash that I always talked about. And we're buying like weapons and props and stuff like that. And we're trying to figure out what could we give M-Dog 20, Matt Cross, and Josh Prohibition to use as part of their outfit to take on Mexico's Most Wanted. So we end up buying the hockey masks that you see. We ended up buying those hockey masks, and we brought bought spray paint because the hockey masks were white, whiter than white, egg white. You ever pick up a white egg and it's so fucking white, it's white? We picked up hockey masks and we bought spray paint from Home Depot. And that afternoon, we sprayed outside of the ECW arena all of these, the the hockey masks for them to wear. And we bought like this quick drying spray paint. We did, it was like six hours before the event started. I think it was Merry F and Christmas, I think was the event. 
And the funny thing was, right before Euthanasia came out, and they, I, if I remember correctly, they won the XPW tag titles that night, night beating the Mexico's Most Wanted. And by the way, little tidbit, you know, for everybody that's into like a lot of the indie promotions now, the first XPW show we ever had at the ECW arena, um, Brian XL, which some of you I think know now is involved with another promotion, he actually wrestled as one half of the dead presidents that night, and they took on Mexico's Most Wanted. And I, I actually drove him back to uh, to to Brooklyn well, that time. So a lot of stories, a lot of great stories. But the funny thing is, is we spray-painted those masks in the afternoon, and when it came time for them to have their masks, they put the masks on, the paint was dry. But it had that chemical, chemical spray paint odor to it. It was the funniest shit, man. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I just figured, you know, yeah, I know. What a description of an egg, right? But, yeah, no, it's a true story. So those masks, talking about face masks, those masks that you see right now from Euthanasia, yeah, that was from yours truly. Uh, Models, Home Depot, hockey masks, and spray paint. Cool. So anyway, Cody Rhodes advances, and uh, we go off the air Faye AEW. Not a bad show. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't very, very strong as far as matches go. You know, Young Bucks, some time off. Hangman Page, some time off. Nyla Rose, you know, home. MJF. It's a lot of names that are not on right now. And look, I'm going to say something that maybe almost everybody out there is not going to say before tomorrow, but I'll say it. If there was ever a week for NXT to win in the ratings again against AEW, could possibly be tonight. Do I think NXT will win in the ratings? I'm not sure. I think it's going to be really freaking close. When I go through this recap quickly, I'll tell you my overall quick thoughts to it. The problem with NXT tonight was the number of commercials. There is actually an article online. has nothing to do with wrestling, but you could go search it out if you want to read it, if you're curious. There's an article I read not too long ago that said, if you think you're seeing more commercials during certain shows, you're right. And it got into this whole thing about added commercials, this and that. And there's no doubt in my mind, WWE is airing more commercials now than they ever did before. Never did before. Because they get that little bit of extra revenue. And some of these multiple commercial breaks are killing their product. It's killing that product. To me, it really hurt their main event tonight. The opening match... The ladder match, the women's match, you know, to determine the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. Hey, look, man, you know, I tell you, maybe Jericho calling Billy Gunn a fanboy earlier, you know, did it for me. But, you know, the women's match did it for me as well. Not saying that it's not as, uh, as bad, you know, as as I, I'm claiming it to be. The, the women's match was fine. It had a lot of... Oh, good night, John. Get some sleep. Almost made it sound like that I was signing off. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa wait a second over here. I'm still here. But anyway, um, 
just getting back to the women's match. You know, I said this a couple of weeks ago. I said it last week as well. You had this big tournament. Usually you have a tournament to determine a champion. Now they're doing a tournament to determine a number one champion. Uh, but anyway, you know, the ladder match, some of the participants, you know, I'm sorry, I'm still not into Chelsea Green. You know, Tegan Knox, okay, a little bit. Mia Yim, I like. Candice LeRae is okay. Dakota Kai with Raquel Gonzalez is fine. But for me, my whole prediction originally was Io Shirai. If you remember last week, you know, I said, I want to see Io Shirai take it. My video from last Friday, when I said why I felt Charlotte should win the NXT championship, I want to see Charlotte face new people. And the first person I'd like to see a face is Io Shirai. And we had the women's ladder match today, some really hard bumps. And uh, Mr. Krabs, have a great night, my friend. Um, yeah, the Edge Orton commentary, <laughs> help you fall asleep. I agree, man. You know, the Gargano Champa, when I get to it, you know, I'll talk about, you know, that how that went off as well. But um, getting back to the women's match, though, you know, they all worked hard. There was one point that I did not like. Dakota Kai was in the middle of the ring, and I think it was only Chelsea Green that was knocked outside the ring, and you had the other three women in each corner actually playing off that they're laid out. Go back and watch it. Dakota Kai is standing there looking around the ring, and you could see the women, like, they're about to get up, but then they don't get up because all three of them are... It just... It just did not look good. And the thing that really confused me, confused me about NXT tonight is none of it was live. Some of the spots, they could have easily tweaked, easily tweaked. There was a couple of camera shots that were pretty awful. And what is the big deal with just redoing a spot here and there? It's recorded. The Gargano-Champa match was heavily fucking edited. There's one part that I'll tell you that might not be a big deal to you, but you may get a kick out of it. But, um, you know, the women's match was fine. Everybody worked hard, took some vicious bumps on those ladders, man. When Mia Yim took that bump, not you know, a couple of months ago, that, that everybody was talking about. Now everybody goes through ladders. Now it doesn't look like it hurts as much as before. But I got to be honest with you, man. Uh, I was kind of happy to see this because that was my prediction for Io Shirai to win the opportunity of facing Charlotte. And uh, yeah, no, Mr. Krabs, I plan on taking live calls very, very soon. Um, I just need a little more time on YouTube to uh, just get the feel of, you know, everything that I'm doing over here because it's it's not as easy to maintain everything that you do, especially when you're pulling up photos and notes and this and that and putting things on the screen and making sure connections are stable. There's so many things going on in the background, but my plan is is to take calls very, very soon. Might even just add an additional show every week or every other week where it's just Q&A. And since I don't have to prepare notes or anything, I'll just do calls. So if everybody out there that's been wanting me to take calls, I think we are going to be doing that. Yeah, I'm definitely doing it. It's just a matter of when. 
I wouldn't be surprised if it's before the end of this month. So I'm already working on it. Already working on it. But um, but the women's match, Io Shirai advances. Now, I know a lot of people out there are not happy with Charlotte being the NXT champion because now they feel whoever is going to you know become a number one contender has no shot against Charlotte. Honestly, I look at it like this. You want to see Charlotte Becky again? Do you want to see Charlotte Sasha? Do you want to see her go back to SmackDown? Do you want to see... I mean, you, we needed somebody from the Four Horsewomen to go to NXT. It's just the way it is. And I'd rather see Io Shirai and Charlotte have a four-plus star match, even if Charlotte wins. I'd rather see a fucking awesome match than to see the same shit over and over and over and over again. So I have no problem, no problem um, doing that. Uh, so, you know, I, I have no problem. I have no problem with Charlotte as the NXT champion. Now, will she drop the title this quick? No, no. But we're in the coronavirus right now. You see what they're doing with Jordan Devlin, for people that don't know? They made an announcement that Jordan Devlin, because he's overseas and cannot defend the Cruiserweight title, they're going to crown an interim champion. And some people out there are having conniptions right now about this. He's the champion. How could you just have an interim champion? Believe it or not, they do that in UFC. When a champion is unable to defend their title, because of circumstances beyond their control, sometimes an interim champion is crowned. And I be, and I don't follow UFC, but you know I, I followed news enough to try to understand this. But if I'm correct, you get an interim champion, and then when the actual the real champion is ready to return, then the interim champion kind of relinquishes their belt, but gets the opportunity to take on the champion. You know, just and I think that's how it works in pro wrestling. Since it is predetermined, it's much different than boxing or UFC or anything like that. But the point is, the more I thought about it, I don't see a problem with it because this might lead to a nice storyline when Jordan Devlin is able to come back to the United States. So he's not losing his title and he's not being stripped of his title. That's a storyline in itself. It's not a storyline in UFC or boxing because it's it's not predetermined. But in wrestling, he could come back and, you know, he's the real champion. You know, it's, it won't be on the level of Cena, uh, CM Punk, but I have no problem with that at all. But, it, you know, so again, I, I don't mind Charlotte versus Io Shirai. If it's a kick-ass match, it's something new. And if it's great, we'll probably see a rematch. Maybe they'll do a best of. I don't know how they'll be able to get away with that if they keep the belt on Charlotte. But right now, they don't have a huge crop of talent that they normally do because a lot of people are electing to stay home. You know, the good thing is, it's sad that the deaths in the on, around the globe right now are starting to peak in a lot of areas here in the United States as well. But that's because the people who are dying right now that were on ventilators for two weeks, if you look, learn about ventilators a little bit, the longer you're on a ventilator, the chances of survival go down. It doesn't go up. And a lot of people who were diagnosed two weeks ago 
are now starting to pass away. So you got to look at the number of new cases that are being hospital hospitalized. I heard New York, there might've been only like two, three dozen. I heard something like that, that are new, that are new hospitalizations. Did I even say that right? I think I did. So, um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Crabs, do I remember the Benoit show? Well, I, I do a little bit. I do, and I, and Sal from Arizona still comes around once in a while, by the way. He really does. The Benoit show, it was a weird show, man. For people that don't know, the night that Benoit killed his family and killed himself and they did the Raw tribute, I was live on Monday night, but my show was called The Minority Report at the time. And when we first started the show at whatever time it was, 11 o'clock or whatever, we were paying tribute to Benoit. By the time the show ended, which was like four and a half hours later, we were spitting on Benoit's grave, and he wasn't even buried yet. It was a very weird show. It's online if anybody wants to check it out. Just warn everybody, the, the audio quality is Shangata because it's so many years ago. But getting back to NXT, um, you know, we didn't have the level of matches that you got on Raw as far as number-wise. You know, we had the women's match. And keep in mind that the women's ladder match started at 8.10, if I remember correctly. So by the time the match was over, you're getting close to almost hour one being done as well. We had another Killer Cross teaser with the, the end is near and the clocks. As I opened up with today, it looks like he actually was shown on camera. Um We'll see where that goes next week. We'll see if I can finally win my Killer Cross shirt as a little tribute. Then we had a segment where um, they showed us from last week when Joaquin Wilde was kidnapped by two masked men, and then they showed two weeks early when Raul Mendoza was kidnapped. And people are wondering, who are these people that kidnapped Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza? My immediate reaction was, maybe it's INS. I don't know. Maybe it's immigration. But um, but I think Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza are American citizens. So very bad, tasteless joke. But people are like, who are they? And I was like, I don't know, immigration? You know, no. We have no fucking idea. I don't know who the big reveal is going to be. <laughs> yeah, some people think it's like rip off of the Dark Order and stuff like that. I don't remember the Dark Order kidnapping people. But, you know, it, it better be good. It better be good. So we'll, we'll see <laughs> sex traffickers. Yeah. You know what? It, you know, maybe it was, I'm trying to think, um, nightmares on wax or, uh, the Latin rascals. Maybe these were like the Latin rascals were very famous Latin DJs. I actually idolized those guys because they used to do crazy editing in the early 80s. When I was a kid, there was a radio station here, WKTU, 92 KTU, Paco, Supermix. Go on YouTube, you'll see them. And there was these two guys, um, uh, the Latin Rascals, and they used to do these crazy fucking mixes. And they're the ones that inspired me to go DJing. I was DJing for a while. So I don't know, maybe it's some Latin DJs that are pissed off at fucking Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza for some reason. I don't know. But uh, after that, we had Jimmy Rollins make an appearance again. You know, uh, I, look, I know Malcolm Bivens, you know, to me, he looks like Jimmy Rollins. Anybody who's a Phillies fan, I think he played under the Dodgers as well for a little bit. But, you know, he, to me, he looks like Jimmy Rollins. But he comes out. 
you know, as Maura and I'll call them, the two bearded behemoths. I got a kick out of the fact that Mara Nalo today brought up that uh, Rinku was you know, the guy that had the million-dollar arm that I talked about last week. Um, tonight, they destroyed Everize of Chase Parker and Matt Martell. You know, I- I'll be honest with you, Everize got a little bit more offense than I thought they should have. Um, yeah, 2018 Phillies were special for a lot of people. Absolutely. You know, struck him out. The Phillies are 2008 champions of baseball. I hated the Phillies. I still don't like the Phillies. Fuck you, Phillies. But um, anyway, just kidding. I'm a New York guy. What do you expect me to say? But, uh, you know, it, I just ever got a little bit too much offense in. But, you know, it was pretty much the squash match because they were, you know, the, the two bearded behemoths. As some people called them last week, the black guys. <laughs> Stupid morons online. Seriously. I, I you know, this you this should be like a 15 second delay before a tweet gets submitted. Because I think a lot of people tweet and if they had that extra 15 seconds, they'd be like, you know, this is kind of stupid. Oh, let me let me just delete it. Oh, I think this is kind of stupid. But once you delete it, I mean, once you tweet it, if you wait more than a minute, people start retweeting or commenting back. Now you're kind of fucked. So I'm not a big fan of the Mets right now, man. The Mets have pissed me off the last couple of years. I'm not big. But uh, so anyway, we move on. Adam Cole at poolside once again, filling up time. Then Mara announces next week about the... uh, NXT Cruiserweight Champion, the Intern Champion, which, again, I have no problem with that. Then we got Gargano and Ciampa. See how fast NXT goes? How do you expect me to do a, a detailed recap when we're actually already up to that point? Now, look, I liked the match. It was heavily edited. Um... You know, it had that cinematic feel to it. The problem is, when you see a movie, even a movie that is made in the movies, and then you see it put on TV where there's commercial breaks, you very rarely ever see a movie where there's a fight scene and it goes to commercial halfway through. The fight scene that I always remember that went on extremely long that I'm pissed off that I forgot to mention it on the WrestleMania recap was they live when Roddy Piper had that fist fight with that guy that does some of the, you know, commentary for some of the WWE documentaries. A lot of people don't even know that. I can't remember his name right now, but that fight just went on and on and on and on. Now just picture if that fight scene had two commercial breaks, um, they live. Yeah, they live. It was, that's another movie. I fucking love that movie. I have the the uh, the Blu-ray version where Carpenter and Piper do like some side commentary on there. Absolutely love it. AJ Squad, send me the link to your YouTube page, and that and that goes for anybody out there. If you have a YouTube channel, PM me on Twitter. That's the easiest way to reach me, or email me dontony at dontony with your channel. I'll subscribe. Sure, I don't mind. I return the favor. Thank you, Keith David. 
Keith David's awesome, man. A lot of people don't realize, and, and you know, you might find this cool. And you know what? You could throw me a little thumbs up on this show tonight if you if you never knew this. Keith David, who had that long ass fight scene with Roddy Piper and They Live, he does some documentary commentary for WWE. A lot of people will remember his commentary from, um, is it baseball? You know, that 13-volume series? I fucking love that. I could watch that all the way through one night, seriously. But, um, yeah, so, you know, imagine that fight scene with two commercial breaks in it. I mean, it gets to a point where, you know, it, it it's like having intercourse, whether you're homosexual or heterosexual, and, you know, you're having fun and you're going at it and the phone rings like two or three times while you're having it. You're like, uh, uh, and the phone rings and you got to stop. Uh, uh, and the phone rings and you got to stop. Uh, 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 the phone rings, you got to stop. I guarantee you by the second and third time, you're like, man, fuck this shit. I, I can't no more. No, it's, it, it's over. It's over. That's what it feels like with this stuff. It's heavily edited. Why does WWE think that we need to see 40, 20, 30, 40 minutes of brutality to sell brutality? You can have 15, 18 minutes, and we get the picture. They're beating the fuck out of each other. They're using crutches. They're using fucking weapons. They're using garbage can lids and stuff. I mean, less is more sometimes. A tight fucking 18-minute brawl? We don't need to see 33 minutes to sell the abuse. Then you had, you have commercials mixed in there as well? I'm telling you, that's what it felt like. And, and the, the funny part about it is this was heavily edited. That whole thing all go down at the, that time. And it was funny because you could tell at some points where it was edited. The one part that I just got a kick out of it, only because... Some of you out there probably know what I'm talking about. Like, you'll see, like, they have these websites where they, like, reveal, like, little things you may not have picked up on in a movie and stuff like that, where, you know, the reflection in the mirror is like a camera in the background filming the movie and stuff, and, you know, like, just little things like that. And I was watching the other day um, one of my favorite movies that I'm sure a lot of people can't stand, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, Andrew Dice Clay. And there's a part in the movie where, um, uh, what the hell is her, her name? Um, Priscilla Presley. She rings the doorbell and she wants to hire, hire him to find her, you know, her, her sister Zuzu Petals and this and that. So anyway, Andrew Dice Clay has got like a pitcher, uh, like a pitcher that you blend, like a, a mixer glass or whatever. And he takes like this orange juice that is laid out, like just sitting on the counter. He's like, you want some juice? She's like, sure. So he pours the juice in the thing. And he's like, you know, pardon, you know, my, uh, pardon my whatever and my breath or whatever. He takes a drink and she takes a sip and he's like this much juice in the container. Then all of a sudden his fucking stereo goes off with Jimi Hendrix and she drops the juice. And when she dropped the juice, if you look at the container, it's filled all the way to the top. You know, little things like that. So you, so I see little things like that. It's, you know, you pick up on it later. So the the point where Gargano and Champa are brawling on top of the production truck, go back and watch that. You had the referee 
like this close away from Champa, and then all of a sudden he's this close. Hope you didn't see my boxer shorts, but no, he. I mean, the referee is this close, and then all of a sudden they do a move, and he's this close, and then they he's this close. It, it was like four or five times, and I'm like, oh come on, man, seriously. It was pretty, I mean, it's not a big deal, but you could see where things added. They did a spot, cut, another spot, cut. When Ciampa did like that Death Valley driver outside to the cement floor, you know, you expected to have chalk outlined on, on Gargano. You know, that was, you saw the two camera works. Because you obviously don't want to do a spot like that on a concrete floor. It's all perception. But again... Again, did you guys see my boxer shorts? I look, they they're like regular shorts. I'm not like naked over here. But the brawl was fine. It was really physical. The ending was the best part of it. But there was I at least three commercial breaks and that killed it for me. That killed it for me. I wanted to see Gargano Champa more than I wanted to see Spears and Cody. Nothing against Spears or Cody, but, you know, that, that match just did not interest me that much. And you see why I think my predictions will be right about the TNT tournament? Because right now, they have a very limited crew. So they need main events to really sell TV. Darby Allen versus Cody's already been teased. So you almost feel like they have to do that match. Cody... Caesar and Lance Archer is a match that Jake wants and Lance Archer wants and Cody's kind of like, you know, not right now and this that. So you see everything come there. Dustin Rhodes winning and people wanting to root for him against Lance Archer and he puts up a good fight, but he still gets destroyed. And maybe Lance Archer beats the fuck out of Dustin a little bit more just to piss off Cody because he's facing Cody in the finals. Come on, man. You could see all this put together. And I hope it happens that way because, you know, I get to replay this and rub it in people's faces. But that's where I see it going. So um, I don't have skid marks, dude. I don't have skid marks. I haven't had skid marks since I was a kid. Seriously. But um, anyway. So Gargano, Champa, they're brawling. They're outside the building, inside the building, you know, cutting the mat, pulling it out. It's an empty warehouse. The referee is there. The production crew is there. It was very well done. To me, again, about six or seven minutes too long. Uh, at the beginning of the match, Candice LeRae shows up with Johnny Gargano. And, you know, she's showing concern for Johnny Gargano. Totally understandable. And um, they're brawling. I know you're only kidding. I, why would you think I have skid marks, man? By the way, shout out to everybody who's still live. You know what? We'll go to like 12 o'clock. I definitely got to keep it under two hours. And anything not covered today will carry over to, to Monday, uh, to Friday. But anyway, you know, Candice LeRae, they open up with her going inside with Gargano. You know, she's with him, concerned what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. They're brawling, very physical, crazy-ass moves. Yes, a lot of editing, too many fucking commercials. If WWE would have announced that that would have aired commercial-free, 
Number one, I think it would they probably would have come close to winning the ratings this week because the match did go very long. But not only that, it those commercials really kill. You know, you start getting dragged into the match. You get that suspension of disbelief. You don't want distractions. You know, you want to focus. You want to start feeling that emotion. And you start feeling it, feeling it, and then all of a sudden, you know, Bye. Was that cell phone commercial? Okay, bye. Hi. Hi. Okay, bye. Come on, man. I'm watching them getting killing each other and I'm like, "Holy shit. That's fu- this is fucking awesome." And then all of a sudden, "Okay, bye. Bye." How does WWE not understand that? Okay, bye. Yeah, I'll close out tonight doing that. So anyway, we're right towards the end. And uh, Candice LeRae enters the building looking very concerned. And she enters the ring and she says to, you know, she's trying to pretty much, it looks like she's trying to stop them from fighting. And she goes to Ciampa and she's like, are you happy? Are you happy? And I'm saying to myself, this motherfucker is going to low blow Gargano. And I know a lot of you out there also said it because it's Wrestling 101. When you stand in the ring that extra couple of seconds, you're turning around and you're turning on your loved one. She turns around, she low blows Gargano, leaves the ring. Ain't no crowd, ain't no morrow. That bitch! Nothing. We're just like in awe. Thank God there was no commercial break at that time, too. Okay, bye. Actually, it would have been cool if Candice LeRae did that. She, like, low-blowed Gargano and said, Okay, bye. Bye. So she leaves, and Gargano's selling the crotch shot, and Chomper's, like, laying over Gargano, and, you know, like, he's got remorse, and he feels bad, and it's almost like he's sorry for everything that happened. And, you know, I'm, I have a feeling some people out there thought one of two things. Thought maybe they are going to reconcile and that's how they're going to go off the air. I don't know how that would have been received. Or maybe some people even thought that when Ciampa was showing remorse would have hit Gargano with some crazy move and then we would have some whacked out storyline with Ciampa and Candice LeRae. But as Ciampa is feeling a little remorse, we have Candice LeRae, you know, hi! She goes back in the ring, and she low blows Champa, And Gargano reveals he's got a cup on, so he really didn't get hurt. He puts his finisher on Champa, one, two, three. And Candice LeRae and Gargano get a one-up on Champa, and the feud is over. And as I said at the beginning of the show, as Gargano is walking out of the building gingerly to his car with Candice LeRae. They go past some dark car. might have been a Dodge Charger. I don't know. I wasn't really looking at the car. Um, and there appears to be a blonde-haired girl in there and a guy with a bald head. And uh, the lights were on inside the car to make sure you could see that. And it looked like it was Killer Cross and Scarlet Bordeaux. And that's how they went off the air. And it was a very good ending. I think if they would have chopped off 10 minutes of that, five, seven minutes of it, one less commercial, two less commercials, I think it would have been heralded as one of the top NXT matches of the year.
so far. I know we're only in April, but still. It was very good. Those commercials killed it for me. So now ratings, it's going to be interesting, man. Ratings, are, last week's ratings were very disappointing to a lot of people. I think this week NXT does... 637,000. AEW, boy, I'm so tempted to say NXT wins this week, but those commercials, man, killed it for me. 637 for NXT, I'm going to say 655 for AEW. No, you know what? AEW did pretty bad last week. I mean, look, under the circumstances, I think it's, you know, you got to let it go. No, you know what? I'm going to say 637 for NXT. You know what? Fuck it. I don't care if I'm wrong. I Because you know what? If I end up being right, it'll stand out more. If I'm wrong, we'll just ignore it. But I'll say 637 for NXT, and I'll say 591 for AEW. All right? Let's go with that. I, I Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to say NXT is going to win this week. You know, showing the replays with Charlotte and Rhea and stuff like that. And Friday, I'll talk about all that dumb fake news about Rhea Ripley back in Australia and she can't come back. You you love all that fake shit that goes around online? On Friday, I'm going to talk about Triple H's interview where he talked about the ratings. Um, that little fun back and forth with Kevin Nance, Kevin Nash and Lance Archer. You know, having a little bit of fun at Marco Stunt's uh, expense. Now, um, Impact Wrestling, they're going to be taping their, you know, I still have about three minutes, four minutes, so uh, they're going to be taping. Some people are reporting that they're taping this week. Let me give everybody a little bit of research that I did as far as what Impact Wrestling is planning on doing, if the reports are correct. They're going to be going to Nashville. Remember when I said state jumping two weeks ago? They're going to be going to Nashville. Nashville right now has what's called safer at home. Now, I don't want to get into the whole thing here, but they encourage people to work from home. They encourage avoiding more than 10 people. So, look, the county that the building is in where they want to do the shows, um, it's in Davidson County. And uh, the building is called Skyline Studios. They already do some type of production in this building. I don't think they've ever held wrestling there before. But they're planning on, as the reports are saying, they're planning on recording three, four, maybe five weeks worth of wrestling there. And they might even record Rebellion that was supposed to be taking place in New York City. So now if you research Tennessee, Davidson County has been the biggest county with deaths, because I think it's the biggest county, period. It's got Nashville in it. So they had like 900 cases of coronavirus already. But if you research Tennessee's safer at home, impact kind of gets away with doing this stuff. But yeah, Tennessee's been laid back, but you know what? I think some people are starting to realize that you know, this might not be as crazy. Like, as long as you don't walk in, into someone's face and they sneeze right in your face, and as long as you're not in a club, you know, hey, hey, you know, right in somebody's face. I don't want to do the spit over here, but I, I used to have a talent. I, I don't know if I could do it over here. I don't know if you could see that. But my father does that. 
Because my father, he's old school Italian, and when he talks, like spit comes out of his mouth. There's some people that do it. As long as you keep your distance and wear a fucking mask and you don't sneeze or cough or vice versa, I think everybody will be all right. But Nashville is a little bit laxed. And, um, you know, that little spittle thing I just, I think you probably have to watch it back in high definition, probably in the big screen on your computer and see it. Yeah, I used to be able to do that. I don't know why. I don't know where I got that from, but I used to be a kid. I used to be in my school. And my friend used to sit in front of me in grammar school. And, you know, he'd wear like these big, like, um, shirts with these big, like, collars. And I couldn't do it. But then sometimes he'd wear like these shirts that have no collars on it and his whole neck would be exposed. So I would either slap him in the neck, you know, give like nice biff, or I would just, and just like spit in his neck. He'd be like, so anyway, um, so we'll get into the rebellion card because uh, we don't even know exactly when they're going to tape. But this safer at home order in Tennessee is going to expire on April 14th. April 14th is five days from now because it's now Friday morning over here. So when they say they're going to tape this week, it might be early next week. But they may extend that safer at home order. But that's uh, impacts plan. And it will be without fans, even though, you know, they're the, what's going on in Tennessee is a little bit more laxed. Um, Ring of Honor has re-signed Angelina Love to another deal. I, I did not realize that she was already wrestling 20 years. Angelina Love, 20 years. Gotta, look, you know, not the greatest talent out there, but, you know, you got to give somebody props for having a career that long. But uh, with that said, I am done. I, like I said, I wanted to get exactly two hours in here. So I'm about to get cut off and make sure you tune in Friday for, um, the Don Tony show. We're going to have a blast. And next Friday we may do the one chip challenge mission myself. We'll see. So before this cuts off at two hours, I'm going to say bye. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I can learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, myhealthpolicy.com. New to Medicare?
Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. 